Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. everyone, welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon, the series podcast. Each week, we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime, and just whatever else happens to pop into our heads. Just a quick reminder, we are an E4 explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm with my co-host, Austin. <laughs> Alright, that's Austin. Alex is here too. How you doing, Alex? Hi. Austin, you were up late last night, obviously. It was New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. That's right. It's the first day of New Year's, right? Happy New yep. Year. Woo-hoo. Happy New Year. This isn't coming out, obviously, on New Year's Day, but... This is coming out when we feel like it. Yeah. What is the extent to say Happy New Year? Like, when do you stop that? Has that ever been universally agreed upon, or is it just like, you just go with it? Well, Chinese New Year's later. Yeah, it's like in February. You're right about yeah, that. Yeah, so you got a, f- a full two months to so, say Happy New Year. <laughs> until You get until the Chinese New Year, then you keep yeah. going? Okay. What animal is it this year? Is it? I think it's the rabbit. Is that right? We know. Uh, rooster. <laughs> we don't know. Probably the dog. Let's. Oh, my phones are way over there because I put them away. No distraction. I think it's the rabbit. So it's the rabbit. It's the year of the blissy. Yeah, we'll get to the that. year of Pokemon. It always is the year of Pokemon. I feel like. I don't know. They'll release four new games. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. This past year wasn't the year of Pokemon. That's for sure. What? Don't you think so? There was two games in one year. Yeah, but people didn't like them. I would beg to differ. Scarlet and Violet? No. No. Arceus? Okay. I think Scarlet and Violet sold, like, the most copies, like, ever. But I could be wrong about that. It did. They did set, like, for monetary-wise, I think they sold the most ever. But... That's all that matters. That's all that really matters. You're right. Yes. Yeah, they see that, and they're like, oh, my God, we're doing something right. Keep doing that. Yeah. What do you got, Austin? It's the rabbit. It's the rabbit. All right. Bring back more rabbit Pokemon. That's what we need. No, no more. What rabbit Pokemon? Okay, wait. Boonary. Is Spinda a rabbit? I think it's a. It's like a koala bear. That f- What's the... Sword Shield had one, didn't it? Raboot. Yes. That was a starter? Score bunny. Yeah. We don't talk about score bunny. <laughs> we don't talk about Lopunny. That thing's like... Yeah, that one's that one's a little bit mm, that and Gardevoir. We'll just leave that there. Gar- I think Gardevoir itself is fine. I think it's the fandom that's ruined the Gardevoir. Is that the garbage one? That's the garbage one. No, oh. the garbage. Oh no, I was thinking the wrong one. I'm thinking the wrong one. Of Pokemon are so interesting. <laughs> it's it's easy to forget that you're a normal person. <laughs> Jacob right, did yeah. sports. He was a normal child who did sports and had a social life. And played Pokemon. I just don't, I know who Gardevoir is now. That's my bad. Oh my god, that's so funny. I love the garbage one though from Black and White. Uh, Garboder. Garboder. That's what it is. Yeah. Everybody crapped all over Garboder when it first came out. I think it's endearing. Yeah, it's it's like a new Muck. It's like if Muck, you know, actually the stuff that Muck was around got attached to it. Like those little sticky things you used to get as kids, that little hand that would stick oh, the wall. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's got repulsive. Yeah, it also got like nasty, all the lint got all over it. That's what like that Pokemon is. It's disgusting. Yeah. Speaking of that, I got silly, well, all of my family, we always get like gag gifts and stuff for Christmas. We all got an extra large silly putty thing. And all I could Ooh. think of was how 
A, you put, like, a piece of newspaper into it and, like, transfer the picture, like, the comic strips. Have you ever done that? No. Yeah, I've done it. Oh, it's so fun. And then B, how disgustingly gross a piece of silly putty gets after you play with it for a while because it gets all, like, sort of dusty and disgusting. (laughs) Then you gotta buy more silly putty. I haven't bought silly putty in, like, 25 years and all of a sudden we get it. So we'll see. I haven't I haven't used it yet, but I made like bouncing balls out of my silly putty. Like you can roll them up and then they actually become really good bouncy balls. They bounce? Yeah. If you roll it up and throw it on the ground, it'll bounce really high in the air. Yeah, but that's how it gets all gross. Yeah, it's gonna be done it's gonna be done in like five minutes, but it's Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Enough about that stuff though. Let's get on with our weeks. Let's move on to that portion. Who wants to go first? Should we go ahead and talk about the big thing we all three did? The big thing. Go for it. You start, Jacob. You never start. I'll start, and I'll talk about Glass Onion. Oh, that my came gosh. out. <laughs> I saw that. That's like the first... God, what's the last movie I saw before this? I can't even think of, like, a new movie. You watched... Uh, I know you watched, like, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last one. So, all the streaming movies. That. Are, yeah. What language is that in? Which one? All Quiet on the Western Front. It is, it's in German. Okay, let's want to make sure. It's originally in German, I believe, but Netflix automatically sets it to like a British English dub. Gross. I don't, I don't do audio dubs of live action stuff. I think that's weird. It is kind of, it is different. Yeah. That was like how bad Squid Game was. Like I watched Squid Game as it was, but when you first put it on, it dubs it over in like a terrible English dub and it was impossible to watch it. I watched it that way. It was so <laughs> bad. Because <laughs> I like to compare them and I was just, I was checking it out. I was like, oh man. Oh, it's so bad. I couldn't even stand it for like five minutes. You have to watch it as it's intended in the native language. Well, you can tell like when they dub, like when you're working with someone on set, you're talking directly to them. And so the emotions are like portrayed between parties. But when they dub it, like you may dub your portion by yourself in a studio. So the emotions don't relate. So there's always like that weird pause when something happens and the other person has to fake the emotion because they're not experiencing it truly. It's just it's just different. It's it's just funny. Jacob describes acting. Well, back in when I was my thespian days, that's how we did it. But anyway, Glass Onion. Glass Onion. I, I liked it. I really did. This is like... I saw it pop up and was reading the comments and it was like a, everybody loved it or they hated it. There's no like middle ground, but I loved it. I thought it was fun. I, d- I never was going to take it serious or expect some kind of like intense plot like that, but I found it fun. Did you guys enjoy it? Did you ever see Knives Out, the first one? Yeah, I've seen them both. Which one did you prefer? Hmm. I'd have to see Knives Out again to really compare because it's I saw that when it came out originally, so it's been a minute since I've seen it. But I, I like the... This one felt like it was quacky and quirky, and I liked that part of it, if that makes sense. The other one felt like it was trying to be serious and would have like funny moments happen here or there, but this one was just pure like funny. There was nothing serious really about it, except for like one part. That was it. And even that wasn't taken too serious. Yeah. I like Knives Out better. I I would agree. But, I, but Glass Onion's good, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Glass Onion's more of like a funny, like, we all know who it's poking fun at. So, like you said, Jacob, it's it's funnier in that regard. It's a little bit more, like, quirky and, like, on the nose. Knives Out was kind of more of a classic whodunit sort of thing. 
that's a good like Knives Out was like a tribute to Clue, like that yeah. old movie. Which a uh, fun fact about Clue, depending where you saw it, the killer was different. Yeah, they had like four different endings or something, right? Yeah. God, Tim Curry's just he's a he's gem. awesome. Yeah, but Knives Out, I, I guess the killer in both of them pretty quickly. Knives Out, like Knives Out was definitely the classic who did it, and you're trying to put this together. Glass Onion's basically just a big like gaslighting you the whole time kind of movie where you like you see everything happen but it tells you that that didn't happen and so you start second guessing yourself and then that's where like questions come up to play that's so that's such a good point like when i went back to see all the points like all the stuff that happened it literally was right in front of you the whole time but when you watched it it does trick you into thinking you didn't see that so without spoiling anything for anybody who hasn't watched it who's listening it's a good movie. I will say it's a good movie. Entertaining for sure. What'd you think, Austin? Gatekeep Gaslight Girl Boss. Gatekeep Gaslight Girl Boss. <laughs> Y'all haven't seen that meme? Okay. I-, I liked it. That's all I got. Yeah. Daniel Craig will probably win an Oscar for his performance. Mm, we'll see. Ethan Hawke, too. Ethan Hawke will get one. He's, he, he was there for like two seconds. <laughs> it was the performance of a lifetime. Alex. God, I know why you said that like, he was only there for such a short time, but I really was thinking he was going to have a much bigger part. Oh, well. <laughs> I just, the funny, that was the funniest part of the movie to me. It was when he's like, I don't know what he's like shooting in their mouths, what kind of pill or whatever disinfectant <laughs> it is. But my favorite one is when Kate Hudson, that's her name, right? Yeah. yeah. She has that mask on that's pure gold, but it's just nothing but holes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. And he's just shooting him with this disinfectant, and nobody's questioning it. And he's, except for one, except for what's uh, Daniel Craig's character, and he's like, "Just, just open your mouth." I was like, "Okay, this is this is how we're gonna do this." I was wondering how they were gonna like subvert the COVID aspect of it, and it turns out you just got to be filthy rich and have some kind of like Magic. air air gun yeah. that all those people are gonna get COVID, like all the characters, because you know that shit wasn't real. I know okay. <laughs> it was great. It was something. Yeah, good movie. I definitely recommend it. Especially if you got like a Friday evening to kill, about two hours. You want to laugh, you want to cry, want to feel pain, want to feel joy. Definitely check it out. That's all I pretty much did for fun this week. Football games were good yesterday. I know we don't talk about sports a lot, but I recommend. Oh man, this is a great year for college football. We still got one more game to go, national championship, but good semifinal football games to bring go in the new team. year. That's right. Woo-hoo. Sports ball. Woo! sports ball yep and i'm gonna pass it along to austin now because that's i'm all done shit i didn't do anything i'm not gonna say anything to you think of something i'm just gonna sit here oh okay well we went to the party little yeah little party. We went to, to leslie's mom's house and had a little gathering sat around ate entirely too many cookies oh my god Alex was mean about to me. And- <laughs> I was I was mean to you <laughs> Kind of. How was I, uh, oh my god, how was I mean? Not really. The part when you two were critiquing me from the distance. Okay, okay. I was not critiquing. That was not No, me. no, Jacob was not involved in this. Jacob came to defend my honor. No, no. I was the, I was the defender. To, we have to clarify for the audience. There was two factions as a part of this. There was Austin and Jacob, and they were having their little meeting conspiring oh, what is that? whoa 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 whoa, whoa. What? conspiring it. whispering amongst each other insulting all the guests no we were not insulting me <laughs> no i only ever insulted you as defense like, for myself oh, okay that, that's right 
And then it was me and one of our other friends. We were on our team, so it was all in good fun. You were the Statler and Waldorf yes. of the of the gathering. Yes, we were. The Montagues and Capulets. No, I just remember... Uh, which one are we? I don't know. We're the good guys. There are no good guys in Romeo and Juliet. I just remember showing Austin my home button, not working on my phone. And the second I look up and everyone's laughing at me, making fun of me. So I remember Alex. Jacob was I don't the only one I don't either. Suit. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I wore a Santa suit to this party. It's comfortable. We all love you, Austin. Nobody was making fun. Mm-hmm. Austin's always the one on this podcast going, oh my God, Alex, I'm so mean to you. And yet you're the one who's mean to me. Okay. Maybe this is the year I'm going to grow a spine. Okay. I should be watching what I'm saying because you're editing this episode. So That's I need right. to I can make be you on sound, my best behavior. I can make you sound awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chop some words here or there. Yep. Yep. No, I would never. What'd you do, Alex? Wow. I was there at the Christmas party. That was a lot of fun. I, too, also watched Glass Onion. And also I've been in like a really murder mystery kind of mood so i watched so you murdered someone yes i did no i didn't where the crawl dad sing i gave a chance to that movie which eh at austin's recommendation eh i thought you would like it i did up until the end okay they ruined it at the end does that take place in louisiana north carolina surprisingly oh really oh yeah all right guess there's crawl dads up there i suppose there are marshlands i have no idea and then also, I binge-watched all of White Lotus. I knew you wouldn't be able to stop once you started. I couldn't stop. It was like crack cocaine. It was addicting. Season one was better. Don't come at me. It was better. But season two had a better ending. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I was... I was. My jaw was on the floor. How about that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is this a Marvel thing? Oh, no. Yes. Oh, it is? No, no, no. <laughs> it's not... It sounds like something Marvel-y. Jennifer Coolidge is a Marvel superhero. Oh, my God. Don't you think she could be? She could absolutely do that. We need to have a petition. Make Jennifer Coolidge the next Marvel villain. Or, not villain. Marvel hero. Villain. I mean, she could be a villain. I don't know. I know she doesn't want to be typecast into any one role, so. She doesn't? No. Oh. I know that was her big thing. She, You know, she didn't want to be typecast after being, you know, Stifler's mom, but... You know. But she always she always plays the same character. I don't know. That's what I I read in an interview, but it's ultimately Legally her decision. Blonde, best in show. What was that C- Cinderella story? But I think she does the same character, but I don't think she necessarily. She wants doesn't want to, to be. be doing that. Okay, okay. But you know, work is work, and I respect that. So anyway, Jacob. Oh my God! If you have HBO, I highly recommend it. It's so good. I don't. Uh... Sometimes you have to make sacrifices. It's worth it. I know. I'm going to go see if my neighbor has it or something. Just steal it. Just do a free trial. Binge all of White Lotus and then cancel. Continuous free trials so I can finish That's it. That's what I did with uh, Twin Peaks on Showtime. <laughs> you Sign up with a different email every time. Like. Well, I was watching it every week live. So I had to. I went through like several different credit cards and like emails and. <laughs> oh my gosh! See, that's how you really. You were do dedicated. Whoa! I was. I was like, I'm watching this shit live, and it was so good. Okay. Was that the new one? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah. So definitely good. Kind of been in a murdery mystery mood. I think that's the new thing. We had zombies. We've had vampires. We've had time travel, multiverse. Now I think it's murder mystery. That's the trend. Yeah, I think so. I got a recommendation for you, Alex. <gasps> Tell me. I need a new bodies, show. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Bodies, bodies, bodies? 
Yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. What is that? Just watch it. It has Pete Davidson in it, but you'll still like it. Oh, God. Okay. It better be worth it if I have to sit through that. Okay, go on. Is that a murder mystery? (laughs) Is that a murder mystery, Austin? Yes. Okay. Well, it's kind of a slasher, but... Just watch Gone Girl if you want to watch the best murder mystery movie ever made. I surprisingly have not seen that. (gasps) Oh, my God. You have to watch Gone Girl, Alex. You have to watch it. That is your homework assignment. All right. We all know that I'm bad about keeping up with the current trend. I'm really trying. I will I will watch it. I will add it to my list. God, talk about gaslighting, right, Austin? Now that is the gatekeep gaslight girl boss. <laughs> it is really is gone girl. <laughs> oh man, that yeah, I, I would love for you to watch that and just hear what you th- think about it cuz that was the first movie I was in the theater seeing. Cut like, you know, something happens and the whole theater was like <gasps> you could hear like this it like this breath of air let out of everyone of shock it was like oh my god there's a twist then you really don't know about Gone Girl? no oh my god. zero idea that was like a cultural moment okay <laughs> i missed it this isn't a surprise i miss all the cultural moments <laughs> this is like ben affleck's audition for like angry batman is what this affleck. movie was yeah let's watch daredevil <gasps> but which version there's two well there's the ben affleck one and then there's the one with Coolio. And then there's <laughs> <laughs> both of them. You need the context for both. Okay, that sounds like a joke, but one time me and some folks really did sit down and watch the theatrical cut of Daredevil and the director's cut of Daredevil back to back. And it was it was an experience. God, I can't wait for that. Okay, I know there was the Daredevil TV show, which I still need to watch that as well. But I, yes, I still cannot wait for the Ghost Rider remake, question mark. It's coming. Bring back all the middling, like, superheroes. I, I just, I need it back. I think they're going to do it. I think for Secret Wars, they're going to bring back everyone they can. I think they're going to they're gonna try, at least. I know everybody hated Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider, but that was, like, my thing. Yeah, I mean, who else would play it but Nicolas Cage? Perfect Ghost Rider. I know. He's the best Johnny Blaze. It doesn't, there's nobody else. Austin's no one else. eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, his face is at all. He did not like Ghost Rider. I don't remember it. I saw it in theaters. Sam Elliott was in that movie and it was perfect. Oh my God, perfect. Okay, enough about that. That was what I did. That sounds really bliss, Alex. Yes. Ooh. And uh, I guess speaking of bliss, we'll just go ahead and jump into our episodes this week. Ignorance is blissy and about with sprouts. That's uh, a bout, not about.
You have to be careful saying that. Like a fight. Yeah, like a fight. Which happened at our party. But uh, oh my Randomizer has spoken here. Uh, Austin, you get the 30 seconds this week. I get Ignorance is Blissy, and then Alex, you get a bout with Sprout. All right. Yeah, good luck to us this week with these episodes. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. Kicking off the, the new year. Was good. Woohoo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely the better of the two. Oh, yeah, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> It is Pokemon we're talking about. Uh, Alex, would you mind timing Austin? I do not have a, any kind of watcher thing on me. Uh, yes. Give me one moment. Stopwatch. All right, Austin, are you ready? Yep. In three, two, one. Jessie's complicated past gets an expansion pass, where we learn she tried to be a Chansey in her past life, and she befriended a very clumsy Chansey who is now a Blissey, serving in a Johto Pokemon Center in Happy Town. And Team Rocket breaks into the Pokemon Center in the middle of the night, and Blissey gives them all the food because she's an idiot. And then the twerps and destroy are like, Blissey's a traitor. And Team Rocket's like, well, yes, but no. So they attack Blissey, and Blissey's reputation is saved, and Jesse makes a noble sacrifice. Time. Good job. That was actually really bad, but whatever. <laughs> well, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, this, this episode, I mean... This is a very emotionally complicated episode. I mean, you laugh, you cry, you express joy, you express sorrow. You go through the whole spectrum of emotions in this 20 minutes here. So let's just get ready to take this journey together. It was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, that's more towards the end of the episode. And at the beginning, we're walking through Easy Town, is what I believe the name of it is. Happy easy Town! Or, oh, Happy Town, that's right. Easy. Well, Easy Town is a happy town, let that's me tell right. you. Maybe it was Funky Town. Yeah, so it's called Happy Town? Is this, they just that's made this up. This isn't actual real. This is Can not we in just the, call the, it Easy Town? Yeah, we're in Easy Town. We're on Easy Street. Like the big Easy? No, we're on Easy Street in Happy Town. Oh, Let's call okay. it that okay. All right. Easy Street in Happy Town? There is a Pokemon Center on Easy Street in Happy Town. So I'm going to keep saying the whole summary here. But it is, it's closed. Uh, Ash yanks on the door. It doesn't open. He throws a chair at the glass. It doesn't break. This Pokemon Center here is locked down pretty tight. That is until a Chansey comes to the door and opens it. But guess what? It's not a Chansey. It's a Blissey. Could have fooled me. They look exactly alike. I know, what are you talking right? About it, one has hair instead of like fronds or whatever the hell is on a Chansey's head. Yeah. So when we meet this Blissey, we kind of like make the distinguishes between a Chansey and a Blissey. And at one moment, Brock does mention that this thing has hair, and he goes to touch the hair, and it doesn't yeah, really. You do not touch hair. Don't no, no, don't do that. Mm-mm. That's bad touch, Brock. Bad touch. And it doesn't really move. Like, it's weird seeing the hair solidified to the body. <laughs> That's because they have no animation budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. You ever wonder, like, if a Pokemon existed in, like, real life and was bound by the laws of, like, real life, what that would translate to? Would it be, like, fluffy down, like, feathers? Would it be, like, hair? Would it be, like, skin? Is it, like, skin bulges? I assume it's, like, fur. Right? Yeah. Isn't it like fur? Like, it looks like it has feathers on its bottom half, but I think that's supposed to be like tufts of fur. So, is the rest of Chansey smooth? Like, rubbery I don't skin? Know. 
I don't and know. Then, like, oh my top... god. Okay, wait. I need to look at a picture of a Blissey. I always thought Chansey was smooth, but Blissey was furry. This is fucking me up now. It's furry in some spots, I think. Like the hair. Oh, maybe. It has like tufts of yeah, hair. Yeah, like, the hair is on top. I think that's kind of like poofy. And then the skin's kind of like maybe a rubber texture. Mm. Kind of like silly putty, maybe like silly putty, Alex. Yeah, and you maybe. can you can it gets all dirty and disgusting. You got to throw it away. And you can <laughs> run, you could run up to it and rub your face in it and and plant your face there. We could do that. What does it even say about it? Let's see. Because then, what is a a chancy? Like, what is its things on its head? It's not fur. They're like protrusions. They're like tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> is that egg thing in front even real? I mean, it's... the egg is real. No, this episode doesn't look real though. Well, it's because there's no budget. No, no, no. There's a scene later that kind of makes it fake. Oh, do you look look at it from like the side and it's like flat? No, no, no. We'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bul- you know, Bulbapedia is our only source of reference. So oh, it says hair like curls. Mm. Such a weird Pokemon, honestly. Remember when we tried to figure out what Mr. Mime's hair was? And it was no. Like oh, God. Gross or something. They're like horns. It says that. It says like horn-like protrusions. Horn-like. Ugh. Let me see. Ugh. Let me see if it still says that. Hold on. No, I don't want Saffron City. I want Mr. Mime. Bulbapedia is the worst. Oh, my God. It's really the worst. This episode is brought to you by Bulbapedia. Just like every other fucking episode. <laughs> Okay, it clearly refuses to click on the Mr. Mime. It's trying to protect you. Article. <laughs> it's trying to keep you from the pain, the truth. Okay, it says blue growths resembling clown hair. Gross. Oh my god, gross. Okay. Blue growths? Growths. Growths. Like a fungus. <laughs> Mr. Mime is a is a travesty of a Pokémon. It's really horrible. Nothing can save it. Except for Mimey has a cute personality. I'll say that. Okay, we got to move on from this. Okay, okay Blissey. <laughs> yeah, Blissey. Blissey doesn't have any growths that we know of. What's in its pouch? Is it an egg? Is that a growth? What is it? It's a lucky egg. Yeah. What else would it be? It's got a kangaroo thing going on there. Maybe it's it's a marsupial Pokemon for sure. I thought the point of the lucky egg is you're supposed to eat it and like it like heals you or whatever. No, I think it throws it at people. Egg bomb. Yeah, I think it. I remember in Super Smash Brothers for the '64, you got a Blissey it threw eggs at people. Maybe All right, it does. I like the Chansey in Saffron City that came out and would just like stand there. Oh yeah, in the elevator. That's right. But we're not in Saffron. Right. We'll get back to. Let's go back to Easy Town here. But Blissey is very nice though, because she notices that their torps are hungry, like Ash's stomach's growling and all that typical stuff. And Blissey goes in the kitchen to make some food. This Blissey is a really good cook and very fast. Too. It cooks about like 10 plates of food in about like five seconds. And it's like eggs, grits, got a couple bagels in there, some fruit. She hits all like five food groups or four food groups. How many there are? There are. But uh, this Blissey, we, this is where we see Blissey is actually kind of like a screw up. She runs at Ash with all these food trays and trips and falls and all this food lands over Ash. I mean, like, she had to really go out of her way to cover him with this food. It almost makes it look like it was on purpose, in a way. She has a humiliation fetish. Uh, by the end of the people. episode, honestly, <laughs> I, I was considering that. Yeah. Nobody can be this clumsy, thing. right? It was, Yeah, it was like she's walking, and then she sees them and runs at them with the food and kind of throws it on them. But anyway, with the spilled food, that means we got to get cleaned up, right? we got to go bathe. 
And this is where, like, it gets kind of... This is where we had to, like, pause for a minute. Ash is in the shower. Blissey is coming up behind him with, like, a washer or a broomstick. But the broom is portion of it is not facing facing ash it is like the stick part all so right we're kinda, no. <laughs> so we're kind of oh worried jacob no <laughs> i think blissey's weird right i don't know blissey's like watching ash bathe and ash is like hey can you wash my back and she takes the br- this broom brush which is like rugged as all get out and just starts scraping him with it all over his back. Why does he ask a Pokemon to wash his back? What did he think was going to happen? She comes in with like a broom intended for like... It's like a floor sweeping yes, broom. Yes, floor sweeping. Yeah. Like one of those, uh, what do they call it? Not like a traditional broom, but one of those like long bar brooms or whatever that you like push along. It's like a floor broom. It's like what you, yeah, like you... What, like, first mates do to swap the deck or something like that. It's one of those brooms. This is when I was like, Blissey's doing this on purpose. She's sadistic. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. God, Ash is... I think the blame is on Ash here, honestly, because he's like, hey, wash my back. Ash, that's not normal. That isn't normal. She, okay, so Ash is sitting there, you know, cleaning up. Door swings open. Uh, Blissey's just sitting there. We are to assume he's naked and we're just being, he's just being censored for the audience, right? Yeah. And yeah. Then, like, Ash turns around and Blissey's like, Bliss, Bliss. And he's like, yeah, you can get my back. And that's when this happens. There okay, you go. Okay, are, ba- are we glad it was Blissey and not Chikorita? Because I feel like it oh, could have been. Oh, God. <laughs> if Chikorita was in the scene, it would Way it, worse. Mm-mm. Chikorita's in the back just scowling in jealousy. It would be a murder scene. <laughs> Who done it? It was Chikorita in the bathroom. <laughs> like getting weird with this Pokemon human relationships in uh, Johto here for sure. It's a yes. whole new world we live in. Yeah. yeah anyway, uh, Blissey apologizes, of course, for uh, scraping up Ash's back, and next thing we know, Ash is laying face down in like a medical bed, and Blissey's like crying because she's so sorry, but she offers to help with the problem again, and she takes rubbing alcohol and then rubs it all over ash's back and which would solve the problem does clean it but did your parents use rubbing alcohol on you when you had scrapes when you were a kid we use peroxide oh that's even worse i think neither don't use either of them what are you supposed to use you're supposed to pee on it no (laughs) don't do that either that's even worse don't use those on scrapes and wounds because it will actually damage it and make it take longer to heal. So how are you supposed to... Are you just supposed to clean it with, like, warm, soapy water and then... Yes, you are. Put a... What about... I always read that, like, Neosporin and stuff like that were also not good because it doesn't let the wound breathe. That I don't know. So just warm, soapy water and a Band-Aid. Yep. Don't use rubbing alcohol. Even though it is cool... It is cool to watch it, like, foam up on the wound. I love to, I love that, but, but still. But the pain... It, it hurts bad, but it looks cool. Like, honestly, during that scene... Hurt so good. I could feel that scene. Exactly how it would feel. Yeah, we've all been there. I mean, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I've always got, like, Neosporin or Peroxide. It is cool to watch it foam up. But I guess that's uh, Austin's, like... You should be the nurse here, Austin, knowing all this stuff. I don't have the table manner. Then again, every just about every nurse I've ever encountered doesn't have the... The table manner? Sorry, I... What word am I looking for? Bedside manner. Bedside <laughs> manner, thank you. I also don't have table manners. I don't care. I just give you shit, Austin. 
Oh, I deserve it. It's okay. I mean, Bl- Blissey doesn't have table manner either. <laughs> no, she does not. She's not. Like, so she hurts Ash again, and he screams in pain, of course, because alcohol is just burning his skin alive. And that wakes up Joy, and this is when Joy comes in, because she was sleeping with earplugs in. Okay. I don't Why know how would she be works. sleeping with earplugs? She lives in Happy Town. There's no loud noises or anything keeping her up. What was the deal? Okay, so when they first arrived, the door was locked. So obviously, it's Joy and Blissey, and they're alternating shifts, which I I understand that. But then, why is the door locked? We've seen Pokemon Center's close at night before. Have we? Yeah. Are they not 24-hour operations? Maybe some are, some aren't. Well, maybe it's like if you have a... It depends on how Joy feels that day. Yeah. It's like that, or maybe it depends on if it's a medical emergency or not. Because sometimes, remember, they're like... People live there too. They're like hostels for people coming. I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of this. It just doesn't work. Happy Maybe in the big city. Happy place. No, I don't like it. But Joy's. They're rotating shifts. Joy comes in and is immediately on the defensive for Blissey, saying, "Hey, she tries her best, so it's okay. It's okay if she scrapes your back, spills food all over you, and causes you a lot of pain. She's trying, right? I mean, what are you gonna do? And doing this." Prompts Blissey smiling, and we're all good to go with our twerps and Blissey. Shift scenes here. Now we're looking at Team Rocket, and they are... Their stomach's rumbling, too, obviously. They're very hungry. Uh, I think Jesse says they haven't eaten in three weeks. Uh, Meowth is starting to look pretty good. You know, some cat over there. I'm so hungry right now, and now <laughs> it, it just hit me all of a sudden. <laughs> Thinking about Meowth over a Spitfire or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I may have to go get some snacks. You keep talking. Okay. <laughs> he's not the only one because Team Rocket. Oh my god, there he goes. <laughs> he's going to get snacks. Okay, I just want to say for the record, Austin gave me shit one time because I was eating on the podcast because I also was dying of starvation. And now look at him. He's going to get snacks. Yeah. Godly hypocrite. Can't, this is a no eating podcast. This is a professional venture here. Professional. That's right. Well, Team Rocket, if, if anyone's professional, it's Team Rocket, right? We'll just keep recording. We'll just keep going here. We'll wait for Austin to come back, and then we'll just act like we finished the episode when he gets back. <laughs> and that was ignorance is blissy. <laughs> that's right. That's what we're going to do. But Team Rocket is hungry. And just like Austin, they go run to find snacks. And this is like the funniest part of the episode is they decide they're going to break into the Pokemon Center. So instead of going through the front door like our twerps, there's some kind of trap door that's in the floor of the Pokemon Center. And I don't know why this is there. Why is there a trap door in the bottom of the Pokemon Center? Hello, Austin. We're talking about the trap door that just happens to be in the bottom of... Oh, you didn't commit to the bit. I was so waiting. That's Was ignorant as Blissey. Right? Yeah, well, I don't know. But I thought that they just like they poked up through like a floor tile. Somehow yeah, but... they burrowed under That's the ground. That's even more confusing than a trap door. Yeah, I, I don't know how this how that works. Apparently there's multiple ways to get in this. I don't know how they even found that to get in. Plot for the sake of the episode. Yeah, to keep the plot rolling here. What do they find? They find like a parsnip, turnip, what is it called? A parsnip. A single parsnip, parsnip in the fridge. Yeah, and there's like a battle royale between Jesse James and Meowth. Who gets it? And I don't know. I don't think anybody even gets it because Blissey comes around the corner and sees Jesse. And this is where like I think this egg is fake because Jesse's running. This Blissey jumps about ten feet and lands like stomach first on Jesse, and that egg is perfectly fine. Yeah, it's it's titanium or something. 
Reinforced. Yeah, it crushes Jesse to the floor. And this is where we see that Jesse and Blissey have some kind of like relationship beforehand. I don't know what the chances of this happening are, but it does happen. Because it turns out the pen, there's a, our Blissey's wearing a pendant here, and Jesse has the other half of it. And she connects it, and then like a light shoots out of it and towards the moon, and they're good to go. Yeah, and they have their magical girl transformation, and suddenly they're crime fighters. Austin, remind me, is this the first, well, I bet not, but, like, is this where we start to get, like, the various backstories of Jesse's life? We've already gotten some. Trainer Jesse, who, or no, Chainer Jesse, who was in the bicycle game. Oh, right. She was in Pokemon Tech Academy and flunked the entrance exams or something. She Her Santa Claus was a jinx and stole her, like, action figure or whatever I mean, that was at, at Christmas. Her, that was her childhood, and also the Christmas Dimension episodes are not necessarily canon. <laughs> They're not canon. They're, like, legendary. <laughs> she was also a child when her uh, foster mother gave her snow to eat. A snow gets bored. But I think this is really when it starts taking effect. Because you could, you could attribute those to, like, kind of weirdness kind of stuff. Early installment weirdness, I guess. Wasn't she a reporter, too? In the Zatu episode, yeah. Okay. No, I thought like she was like used to be Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that she... was in the novel. That yeah, yeah. Novel. She was a radio hostess at some point too. Yeah. But that's I don't think they talk about that in the anime. Yeah. Oh, she was also like an art thief or something. Yeah, yeah. That. She was a famous art thief. Oh my gosh. I like I think this is just where it's starting. Like she she gives all her I mean I mean, maybe it's entirely possible she's done a little bit of everything in her life, but I want a timeline. Let's start compiling one jesse's life an anthology it could make sense because like as we learned jesse wanted to be a nurse like joy but she wasn't smart enough she couldn't pass chemistry so they denied her application and then like a pokemon nurse she kind of becomes a pokemon to become a nurse i'm so she goes to chancy school yeah this this part right here lost me so they let a human go to a pokemon school she was doomed from the start. She was never a joy, and it's all nepotism. She was never going to get in. <laughs> That's right. The joys own a monopoly on the nurse supply line. I don't even know. I mean, the Jesse is in this Pokemon nursing school. It's Chancy so, it's school. Chancy school. It's so weird. I, I have a lot of notes about Chancy school. Go in start, school. please. It's so odd. Okay. I questioned because... This really made me question the entire concept of Chansey in the first place, because she goes to Chansey school, and she goes to Chansey classes with her Chansey classmates, um, and she meets the clumsy Chansey, who we will later know as Blissey. Can I just mention that even though this is a Chansey school, they're being taught by a human person. Yes. Okay. Which makes sense. I don't think... Yeah, okay. It's like training dogs or something. I suppose. Okay, but it's not like training dogs, because these chanties they have dorm rooms. <laughs> they have dorm rooms with, like, desks, with lamps and textbooks and such. So, presumably, they're, like, writing papers and such. They're highly and, intelligent. Yeah, they are highly intelligent, because they have a library. And <laughs> it's a school. Like, it is legit. It's a, it's a school. Yeah, it's like a university. For Chansey. And I'm like, okay, does this imply Chansey can read? They can re- Meowth could read. So, Chansey can read. Like, you know, they're nurses. That requires a lot of information and a lot of, like, intelligence. You got to have a lot of They got to triage the patients. Yeah. You we're, gotta... Well, we're making the assumption that there's really no difference, I guess, between a 
nurse joy and a pokemon nurse if they can work the shifts individually you know i mean unless they kind of work with each other they basically can do the same stuff essentially the implications of this are very strange Uh, it's very weird why is nurse joy even a nurse she's like a surgeon well maybe she does the more like chancy is like the rn or whatever and then like joy is like the md is this some kind of like power move because remember humans have doctors from that previous episode, do they not think high enough of the Pokemon to have them Dr. have doctors? <laughs> Dr. Proctor? Well, it's like veterinary medicine, you know? Like, it's, you know, a human body is very different from a Voltorb or whatever. Yeah, they got have two different ones, but they don't call it anything. It just stays a nurse. Like, Joy's the highest medical care that you can get for a Pokemon. She's not even a nurse. She's a doctor. Okay, that's all my thoughts. It's weird. So, but this particular Chansey, or Blissey, rather, is very ineffectual and clumsy. Should not have been allowed to graduate. I assume the only, yeah, the only qualifications to graduate is be a Chansey. There's no, you don't have to be able to perform, <laughs> like, anything or do anything right. Because Jessie actually, this is where I was talking about, they said she wasn't good enough to get into nursing school, but she does everything perfect in the Chansey school. Like, she wraps the bandages perfect. She, the only thing she gets trouble for is she falls asleep when the Chansey starts singing, but. Who cares, right? I mean, she's perfect up to that point. Anyway, so Jesse, I don't even know. Jesse just doesn't graduate from. So why does she leave? I don't know. Like I can't I don't remember know. why. I can't she... remember why she leaves either. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think they kicked her out. She shouldn't have been in Chancy School in the first place. Yeah, they let her in. I feel like, I feel like that's happened though. Like they got they. She got accepted what? So they could like take her money and then like they knew she was never going to be able to get through this course. Like I feel like they set her up for failure from the start. Yeah. So I guess they kick her out because she can't soothe the patients. So I guess that sleeping thing was a big deal. I get right. Well, she can't sing like like a Pokemon can sing and put people to sleep. When have we ever seen Nurse Joyce Chansey <laughs> singing someone to sleep? That's nope, never, never happened. <laughs> never. Oh, you think it was all a plot just to get her kicked out then? Yeah. Like, it's just a made up thing. Hmm. Jessie gets kicked out though for reasons. She just Are can't finish it. Are we not going to talk about their oh the ceremony ritual? Yeah, they have like some kind of fraternity like hooded ceremony thing that's just candles lit, candles in the dark room. It's like they're doing like a Gregorian chant in the background in the dark room with a with candles. It's so strange. Is that a real thing that nurses do? I think so. I'm sure there was like a, I don't know, real life inspiration for that, but it was very much like a secret society, like initiation. Yeah, Jesse never had a chance then, right? This is some kind of secret underground nurse society. She was, she never had a chance. It was rigged. Yeah, it was rigged for sure. But that's how Jesse knows our Blissey through some kind of like weird human in a Pokemon school scenario. There you go. And we learned that Blissey and Jesse, they just love each other. They love each other, which is why when Blissey finds out that Jesse and them are hungry, she goes into the Pokemon Center pantry. This is very irresponsible, by the way. And she gives them every last bit of food that was supposed to sustain the Pokemon Center for the next three months and just gives it all to Team Rocket. This Blissey needs to be removed from the Pokemon Center. This is not Team Rocket's fault. This Blissey is just a menace. Is it willful ignorance or like like a... What is it? Is it sinister? Is it just... It's just dumb. 
this Blissey's just not the sharpest tool in the shed. I guess no, we, it is not. Not even close. I was not. I was on the side of let's fire this Blissey. Oh yeah, for sure, fire it. I mean, I think this is where like nepotism and the chancy roll comes into play. Like, I think they put her probably in like the easiest Pokemon Center to where she couldn't mess anything up. They kind of like we'll just keep this going. There's no one there but the twerps. Yeah, so I mean, it's easy, easy peasy job. And Nurse Joy, maybe she's the one that locked the door so that she knew that Lucy couldn't hack it. And so she's, she's like, we gotta li- keep everyone out. She's lying to her. Oh, Chansey, you're going on duty. And just locks the door and yeah. puts it where closed. Makes it feel good about itself. I mean, at least for a second, like, we kind of saw Nurse Joy be like, oh my god, Blissey. Like, your job is on the, like, you're about to get fired. Like, you're gonna be up for review and, like, get fired. But, and I think they would have done it, too, if not for what Team Rocket does. She definitely deserved a one-way ticket to the unemployment line, this Blissey. They pull up the cameras, and it shows that Blissey stole the food. And Nurse Joy is pissed, of course. And then we flash over to Team Rocket, who they're actually feeling like remorse for taking this food. So they go back, and they kind of fake like they're still they're stealing the food, and just lie and said, hey, we had this plan, and we made Blissey do it. Blissey doesn't like go along at first, because Blissey's, you know, Blissey. But Jesse throws out Pokemon. They attack the Blissey to make it look real. Oh my god, brutal. It's brutal. First attack's brutal. And then Jesse's like, hey, calm it down, you guys. And Arbok, like, barely nips our Blissey. And... That was cute, though, when they yeah. pretended to attack her. What did she say? Arbok, bite. Easy now, but easy. Easy, yeah. Whispers, yeah. That was nice. And Team Rocket's kind of able to convince them that they made Blissey do it and ash throws out squirtle and his chikorita and after standing there for an eternity watching blissey be beaten well they had to have that to have the whole like obviously on their side they misunderstood the situation they're like oh well blissey's defending us and trying to atone for its mistakes you know and that's why it's attacking but really it wasn't it was just trying to go and say hello and jesse had to pretend to she pulled a Brock and she was like, go on, get out of here, you filthy animal. Yeah, basically. And that enjoys in the back saying, let her get hit. I bet Nurse Joy hates this pussy. And she she's probably like, does. I need to get rid of this damn thing. Like, they fo- they foisted this thing onto me. It needs to get destroyed. Yeah, you think the first day Blissey showed up, Nurse Joy was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll make this work. Sure. Obviously, she doesn't have a, she doesn't think very much of this Blissey because... Can you blame? She's right not to. Yeah. This this Blissey is a liability for sure. Honestly, could you imagine if... I kind of wish it went differently, to be honest. I wish that it had gone with Jesse. Could you imagine? Ooh. I would have preferred that. Ooh. Oh, my God. You know what would have been great with that? They should have done that. They really should have. And then a running gag could have been Team Rocket getting hurt and then Blissey messing up the, like, fit, like messing up the problem. Yeah. Like when they're trying to recover, like trying to do triage and she would hurt them all the time. Yeah, the triage would be awful. Like she'd pour alcohol on them or something, you know, something wrong. Like they got a broken arm and she puts a leg cast on them. <laughs> I some, love this. Yeah. Oh my God, what we could have had and never will get. Oh, I hate it. That's way better than like Victory Bell or whatever. Yeah, like them. Yeah, getting hurt in the battles against the Torps and instead of... Can we have a moment of silence to mourn what we never got here? <laughs> okay. Never had. <laughs> I feel like I stole that from another show, too. But that's what that's what should have happened. But uh, it doesn't. Typical happens in the episode. 
uh, Team Rocket just gets blasted off by Squirtle and Chikorita, and then that's it. Yeah, the episode like kind of abruptly ends. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't <laughs> really. <laughs> well, they got the food back, and they were able to have a meal, so that's good. Yeah, they ate some jelly donuts and called it a day. I mean, this is a pretty good episode. I remember it being better than it was. With the backstory part of it. Yes. I think that same thing. I think I was recalling that there was more of a story there, but not really. Yeah, it's kind of a nothing burger. I like seeing young Jessie, though, in her before her Team Rocket days. <laughs> we are we're going to make a timeline of her life. Like, how old do you think she is in this flashback? If you had to guess. Well, she's going to nursing school. Is she 18? I would guess 18. Okay. We'll say 18 then, for sure. And she's currently, what, 28? 25. Maybe 25. She's, had, she's lived a life in her short short years. Yeah, she gets around, that's for sure. But anyway, does anyone have any more thoughts about this episode? Ready to move on. We got to get to that Bellsprout episode. We got to go. That's right. Let's get to the most viable player, least viable player in a quotes. Alex, you're going first, followed by myself, and then Austin. Oh, shit. I didn't write anything down. Oh, God. Okay, let's see. Uh, MVP, I'm going to give it to Jessie because she's clearly the standout of the episode. And why not? She deserves it. She has a heart deep down inside. And I love these episodes that where they don't do anything wrong and they still get crapped on. And they chose to be the good guy. Oh, God, it breaks my heart. Yeah, that's a good point. There was like not a moment's hesitation. They saw Blissey was in trouble and they were like, we got to help it. Yeah, we got to take the fall because we can't let her lose her job and, you know, bad things can happen. I admire them for that. LVP, I'm going to give it to Blissey, I guess. <laughs> yeah, of course. You got to. I feel bad almost for giving her LVP, but a certain level of incompetence, okay, there's room to grow, but I mean, it was consistently she was doing horrible things and i just can't forgive that backwashing scene i can't do it <laughs> all right and the quote did i even write anything down oh wait no i did i got one one quote okay they're eating lunch in the flashback like during the nursing school chancy flashback and chancy's coming over to eat with jesse at like the cafeteria lunch table and it trips or something and spills all its food all over her and she says, even though you paid for it, looks like this lunch is on me. Heyo. Classic. All right. What to, what to pick here? I'll give my MVP to uh, Nurse Joy for locking down the Pokemon Center when she's not on duty to kind of save everybody from Blissey's ignorance. Ignorance is Blissey. That's right. I'm going to give my LVP... Oh, Lord, I don't even know what to do here. LVP to uh, all the food that was wasted by uh, Blissey. I don't know. And then my quote comes from James, and this is as they're flying away with the food and they spot that um, Blissey is in trouble. James go, Jesse says, we need to help Blissey. And then James goes, yes, we need to help one of the very few friends you have. <laughs> That's like sick burn. God, they're so mean. <laughs> That's great. All right, my girl. Uh, speaking of, I'll give my MVP to James and Meowth for being supportive of Jesse. My LVP will be whoever let Jesse into that damn Chansey school corrupt. Okay, my quote will be uh, when Blissey gives Team Rocket all the food and Meowth says, we'll never have to worry about food rationing again. And James says, that's right, Meowth. Now we can start being irrational. One more thought about that school 
that Jesse went into. Do you think she just showed up? Because remember the guy was like, you can't do that <laughs> at the, at I guess the employee or employment center, whatever you call it in Pokemon World. He's like, you can't do that. And next thing you know, she's just in the middle of class. I think she just showed well, up. He was a very unsupportive person. And honestly, I don't blame her for being like, screw you. And like doing what she wanted to do to achieve her dream. He was bad at his job. He was very bad at his job. He's like, you're a failure. LVP Employment Center guy. <laughs> the Department of Labor. Is what we should is. have a, a collective LVP for that guy for not being supportive. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he didn't even look at her paper. He kind of just grabs it and goes, you can't get in. I mean, maybe, I don't know. He, he had a point, though, because he knew she wasn't a Chansey or a Joy. So she's set up for failure from the beginning. <laughs> That's right. He just knew she couldn't do it. She, wasn't, she didn't have the name. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our second episode here, About with Sprout. Another entertaining episode for us this week. Good luck, Austin. Oh, my God. I don't even remember the episode. I didn't take any notes. All right, are you ready? Sure. Three, two, one. The twerps um, somehow become guest lecturers at the Pokemon Academy in Violet City, and the annoying little boy named Zaki tries to steal Pikachu, but he ends up catching a wild Bellsprout or some shit. Coincidentally, we're going on a field trip to the Bellsprout Tower today, where there's a giant pillar that goes back and forth, and it makes no goddamn structural sense. And Team Rocket tries to steal the beam, and that also makes no goddamn sense. And then, I don't know, Bellsprout defeats them or something, or we're still not at the goddamn gym, but we're here in Violet City, so hooray. Good job. (laughs) <laughs> was it? That was actually a really good job. <laughs> I think you did absolutely as much as you could do. We hit all the main given. segments for sure. All the main parts. Yeah, and honestly, you saying that, it kind of makes me want to look up, like, the architectural... Like, is that even something that exists? Oh, thank God. It does but exist. I didn't, I didn't do very good research on it, though. Because I think when we get to that part, we need to talk about it. I got it covered. I think they explained it in the games. Mine's not going to be like game sense mine's like real life like why i want real life that's all i care okay i can do some real life stuff for you that may justify why it is that way may all right let's let's talk about this uh no guarantees this is going to be at at all good of a summary because there was really (laughs) nothing to talk about so yeah at the beginning of the episode we finally finally reach violet city and they're walking through the town trying to find the gym how many episodes have, have we been in in Johto already? And we're just Damn, now. Damn, a lot. <laughs> this is like, like 30, 10. 33 episodes, something like that. 33. Are we going by the authentic timeline or the, I don't know. I'm just no, yeah, I guess up. the end of season two into season three. I mean, I think you're right. Isn't it like 30 something episodes? So they're finally here, but not yet. Not quite because we have to go through the Bellsprout Tower first. So they're trying to find the gym. And as they're doing this... Two horrible preschool-aged kids jump out of the bushes and start manhandling Pikachu. And I legitimately thought they were going to, like, maim it and, like, pull its ears off or pull its arms out of its sockets because they were being extremely rough with Pikachu and fighting over him. Be like, I want to train Pikachu. No, me. And Ash runs over and he's like, oh, my God, because Pikachu's about to kill these kids. And he runs over and saves them. Just in the nick of time before they he shocks them to death. But at the same time, the kid's teacher, Priscilla, is running out to apologize. But I think she was kind of like half-assed in her apology. She really didn't seem to care at all. After dealing with those kids all day, she's probably just like, whatever. 
She's worn down. Yeah, she's done. This is two hours into her day. She's already f- had her fill of it. These kids are a terror. And Jacob, I know you have educational experience, but I don't think I could deal with it if all the kids were like this. They're all rough and mean and pulling and shouting. It's awful. I choose to believe these are the problem children. They are the problem children. We didn't really see any of the other. Well, we did kind of, but they seem to be okay behaved kids. But these particular children are very, uh, the parents need a note home or something, but we never get that. In fact, the whole attitude towards like animal abuse in this episode, I feel is like very apathetic. Nobody seemed to stick up for Pikachu at all. But she she runs out. She introduces herself as the teacher of the academy in town. And also Earl is there. He shows <gasps> up for like two seconds. What did we think about Earl? I associate Earl with Pokemon Stadium too, where one of the options of things you can do is do Pokemon lectures with Earl. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. I'm tr- I'm struggling to remember his role in the games. I think he's just an NPC. I think he just stands there. Is this the principal we're talking about? It's Earl's Academy, I think. Apparently, in Jap- his Japanese name is Giovanni. Oh. Oh. He pulls off a mask and Giovanni. That's amazing. I never knew this. Earl Dervish. That explains why the kids are so bad because he's training them to be bad. Team Rocket Recruitment Center. Yeah. Start them when they're young. I remember he has like a quirky way he speaks in the game. And oh, he's. Oh, I guess he must be French because in Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, he says, Bonjour, you are trainer, battle gym leader, when you did. He's very Yoda also. Huh. Okay. He's from Kalos. Apparently people in Kalos talk like Master Yoda. Can we talk about the reveal that Yaddle, the female Yoda, does not speak like that? So Yoda's just a fucking freak? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) There's some sort of phrase for the way Yoda speaks, and I can't remember what it is. Is it like pig Latin? No. It's some term. I can't recall. Who cares? I'm more interested in the fact that the other Yoda, whatever they are, they don't all talk like that. Apparently not. Is he the most powerful one, though? Like, yeah. do they all have Jedi powers, all the other Yodas looking oh, people? Oh, who knows? Probably. Can't we just get a name for their species, for God's sake? Is it that much of a secret, George Lucas? Come on. He's not in charge anymore. Who is in charge? Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I guess. Can we just get a name? Because it's weird saying the Yodas. It's not correct. We only know three Yodas, to my knowledge. Yoda, Yaddle, and Baby Yoda. Grogu. Grogu. Oh, right. That's right. It does have a name. Man, I really got to watch The Mandalorian. I got to watch all those. I've not seen a single Star Wars show. I have not. Andor, I heard, was really good. Okay. That aside. Anyway, Earl is there. Earl is there. This episode's so boring, we're talking about Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reference. I mean, okay. Okay. You got to go with it. It's a rabbit hole kind of thing. You just got to go there. That's the charm of this podcast is we get off onto these like random tangents and it's entertaining, I would hope. Leave have stars. But also all of a sudden Brock is like, forget all this shit. What's that building over there? And Priscilla's like, oh, that's Sprout Tower. We're going to go there. Surprisingly, why don't you like stick around and we'll just take a field trip over there. Because as we know, Johto is the season where they fortuitously arrive just in the nick of time for literally everything. I think they go to Sprat Tower every day. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. I mean, really, there's not. Would you want to be stuck inside with Earl all day? I mean, maybe kind you would. Of, maybe yeah, you would. Maybe but okay. You would. <laughs> 
they have to get the kids some energy. They have to have exercise. They get them out. All right. So anyway, Zaki's still being a little brat. He continues to try to harass Pikachu and convince Pikachu to abandon Ash and be his Pokemon instead. And then he throws a full-on temper tantrum, which is just a trick to steal an empty Pokeball off of Ash's belt. Question. I did not appreciate that because Ash is a full team of six. Why does he have an empty Pokeball on his belt? Maybe. I was thinking about this because I'm like, okay, how would they know? Because really we get no differentiation amongst the Pokeballs, except if you're Richie, which (laughs) we won't talk about that. But did he think it was empty or did he think he just grabbed Pikachu's Pokeball? Well, he grabbed an empty one. I thought he grabbed Pikachu's specific ball is what they made it seem like. Well, we know he doesn't because Pikachu's ball has a lightning bolt on it. It's the only one that's different. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where Ash would normally keep that, maybe in his backpack. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. He grabs the Pokeball and then runs Pikachu into the forest and he's going to try to catch it, which I also had questions about this part because they have this whole chase sequence. Pikachu runs into the bushes. Zaki throws the Pokeball. He catches something. We don't know yet. And Ash has a panic attack because he thinks that he actually succeeded in catching it but ash it may okay austin please it makes no sense (laughs) it makes no sense but ash comes in and he watches this and he says this makes no sense this is impossible so ash is with us on this yeah he's He's dumbfounded that could not have just happened i don't understand his confusion though because he should know for one thing that pokeball is not Pikachu's because it doesn't have the lightning bolt on it. That's why it makes no sense. Yeah, to him. He's that's like, why he's, he's baffled. He's like, Pikachu could not have been caught by an empty Pokeball. That doesn't make any sense. But he heard a Pokeball capturing something and in the bush Pikachu ran into. So he decided like a brain freeze moment, I guess. Yeah, like you said, Pikachu's already been captured. It wasn't the correct Pokeball unless Pikachu had like let himself out and released himself like he declared himself uh, owner ownerless himself off screen at some point (laughs) ash was i mean maybe it's just one of those sheer panic moments where you're not really thinking logically and you're just like oh my god that couldn't be i guess you're right you have to be yeah he said said that's impossible so yeah pikachu should have went along with it and just ignored ash and listened to everything zaki said no pikachu does not (laughs) want that life why? But that that still begs the question of like why that empty Pokeball was on his belt when he has a team of six. But whatever. I guess he may, okay. Now I'm fan theorizing. He must keep he could choose Pokeball in his bag because he never uses it, and he must keep an extra empty Pokeball on his person for quick access in case he does need it for whatever reason. He keeps like a hundred on him at a time. Remember the Tauros, the whole herd. Those he are Safari balls. Oh, that's they true. Little, they had a little basket for those. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the the team of six logic doesn't really work in the show because, you know, they don't automatically get transferred to the box. So, you know, they have to go talk to Professor Oak and all that. I thought for sure we were going to have a Pokeball mechanics in that how does the Pokeball know that the Bellsprout is not Ashes? Oh, because Zaki. Maybe there's like a fingerprint, like a... It must. When you have like yeah. a DNA throw it tracer. In, yeah. <laughs> maybe, like maybe when it... Like, you throw it with the intention to catch a Pokemon. It does a quick, like, boop, boop, you know, scans your little thumbprint there and registers you as, like, the trainer of that Pokemon. Or Pokeballs are sentient. That's how they're able to keep the Pokemon alive inside the Pokeball. God, Pokeball mechanics are so fascinating to me. I mean, Pokeballs can, like, fly through the air toward a destination if they want to, like... 
they can change course midair and all that. Overall, though, Ash is pleasantly relieved when it's revealed that it was not Pikachu that it was that was caught in the Pokeball. Instead, it was a random Bell Sprout. Also, during this whole part, like Team Rocket's there. They ended up like catching Zaki and Ash in like a pitfall trap, and then he's like, "Oh, Pikachu! Oh, that's right. He's like Pikachu, come out and save us." But then it's of course revealed to be the Bell Sprout. Time filler. Time filler. What else happens? I guess somehow Pikachu comes by and blasts Team Rocket off to Sprout Tower. So, like, Team Rocket gets blasted off. They reach Sprout Tower ahead of Ash and Zaki, who don't know where they have landed. And they're like, okay, that's over with. So then they make their own way to Sprout Tower. And Zaki is being a brat and complaining about Bellsprout, which I felt so bad for it because Bellsprout was super cute. I think I have a newfound love for Bellsprout, honestly. This... Every time we've seen Bellsprout, it's been a pretty limelight. I mean, like, one was, like, the first time we see it, it's dominating the Pokemon League, dodging stuff, and then this time, this is a really good one, too. Oh, yeah, so, Jeanette Fisher's Bellsprout. Yeah, it's always been shown as, uh, like, a pretty good Pokemon in the series. The money the money they could not spend on Blissey's hair, they instead put on Bellsprout's, like, walking cycle <laughs> and, like, giving it, like, unique movements, I guess. It's cute. I didn't appreciate Bellsprout before, but it's it's a good Pokemon. And Victory Bell's cool, I guess. It was it was acting super cute. Zaki's like complaining about it and being like, ew, I didn't want this gross old Bellsprout. But Bellsprout's like doing little cute motions and trying to entertain him on the walk. It's so adorable. And they end up arriving to Sprout Tower, but Team Rocket's there and they're doing some crazy I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> They're trying to send the tower to space, but what? I don't know what why they don't. I don't. They don't even really mention what they're. They're just they're trying like to destroy this thing. I guess sawing the. But for what purpose? Do they even like say something about space? That's all I know. Let's talk about the tower itself. Okay. All right. So Sprout Tower. So like we mentioned at the beginning, and Jacob, if you want to talk more about it, Sprout Tower's kind of got a unique architectural composition. Yeah. It's got a beam in the middle that constantly is moving to help stabilize the tower. Now, my this is just my hypothesis about why this is that way is because in Japan, there's always really bad earthquakes. So stability is always an issue. So I think if beams, and they probably have this in their skyscrapers too, are sort of flexible in a way that they don't affect the integrity of the building to where it collapses, that helps stabilize it in the moving patterns of an earthquake. So it actually is like a architectural design for safety. So they're flexible. Does that mean that they move 10 feet to the left and right constantly? This is probably exaggerated in the anime. For, I don't think okay. it means that much, but I think it's like they've got to be, they don't like, can definitely move. Like they can sway to a certain point. That way the earthquake doesn't topple the building or destroy the building. Instead of like, they, instead of like making it to where it's so concrete that it doesn't move during the earthquake. Like, you think that would be a good idea. They have them more flexible to where they can kind of move in sync with the earthquake to keep from collapsing. I need to see a video about this. I need to watch, like, how they actually do it. (laughs) Do you want, like, annoying trivia? Yes, always. To expound upon what Jacob was saying, I found an article on Wikipedia. The structure itself is called a shinbashira, which refers to a central pillar at the core of a pagoda or similar structure. 
and they have long been thought to be the key to Pagoda's notable earthquake resistance. And this says here, skyscrapers are equipped with a special 300-ton pendulum capable of cushioning vibrations uh, in the event of an earthquake. Oh, this is interesting. Japan is an earthquake-prone country, yet records show that only two pagodas have collapsed during the past 1,400 years owing to an earthquake. That's pretty good track record there. Yeah, so that beam is, it's called Sprout Tower because its beam in the middle sways like a bell sprout. How nice. Uh, fun fact. Thank you, Jacob. All right, so basically Team Rocket is, whatever they are doing, I have zero idea. They're trying to, like, saw the beam in half and take Sprout Tower to space? <laughs> I, this I no this makes no sense. It just makes no sense. It doesn't. They strap a rocket to the beam. Anyway, they get into it. They have a battle with the twerps. Pikachu at some point decides to give itself up for ransom to save the tower, I think? Question mark? But they end up triumphant and... I was really, okay, my biggest concern with this at the end was they managed to saw through the entirety of this huge pillar, and then when they leave and the rocket gets blown off of the pillar or whatever, the thing just plops back down onto the base of it. But wouldn't that mean, if it's swaying all the time, the two pieces would then be off. Like, they would, it would not be a structurally sound thing anymore. No. We need some Gorilla Glue. No, that's why they said the magic comes into play. Because at the exact moment it was sold in half, the bottom half was swinging perfectly in sync with the top half. So when it landed, it didn't miss a beat. It landed right where it needed to be. But they, I, I, I'm with Austin. I feel like somebody needs to go in there and, like... It's fine. 1,400 years. Down. We got a good track Priscilla record. Needs to, like, inform the sprout tower monks that like something went down because they need to fix it you're you need a whole new pillar like where do you get a whole like how tall is this thing 200 feet yeah how many feet is one story 14 feet so 33 that no i don't know no this is like a huge structure it says a three-story building will most likely be in a range of 33 to 40 feet but i feel like it was much taller how tall is Sprout Tower? I feel like this is useless knowledge nobody wants to know about. Oh, it says it's over 100 feet tall. Oh. Hey. Excellent. That's all it says? Thanks, yeah, yeah. That's all it says, 100 feet tall. How do they know that? Is it said in the game? I think in the game, it's like a... It, the, the legend is it's a 100 foot tall bell sprout from ancient times. And like somehow it has become the... the beam to which this tower is built around which is not mentioned in the show because it's ridiculous it's kind of oh i don't know though do you guys ever think back to like this time when you were a kid and you're playing this game and it was johto was so endearing i don't know why it doesn't translate over well to this show but anyway the day is saved they saved the pillar even though i feel like this is a real liability now but nobody talks about it and team rocket i kind of felt like the way <laughs> The way they had them go and, like, their send-off, they, like, blasted off into the atmosphere. And there was, like, music playing in the background up until the very end where the music, like, cuts off abruptly. And then we just see the explosion. (laughs) It was a very much like a Toy Story ending when they're flying on the rocket and they're happy. Then they realize the rockets explode. And so they explode kind of thing. I don't know. It it was pretty... (laughs) 
It was pretty depressing, actually. It was very cinematic in that way. They just sort of died in the atmosphere. Until Blissey comes and fixes their wounds. If only. Blissey could have been the original Beware, I'm just saying. (laughs) Maybe that's where they got the inspo from. Mm, I don't think so. All right. All right. Well, that was basically it. They saved the Sprout Tower, I guess. And then they say goodbye to all the annoying children and... Priscilla and Earl and Zaki is apparently very thrilled with his new bell sprout and he's like maybe one day I can train up my bell sprout and we can battle and Ash is like sure and then we never see them again. Thank God. Yeah. Nothing ever comes of this child. Thank goodness. Did Zaki have the thingies, the squigglies? I thought he looked like one of Ash's siblings. He yes. looked very, very much like Ash's sibling. And he kind of acts like you think Ash would at that age, too. I, I, I totally do. Yeah. Well, I think Ash would be more endearing than this, actually. That's oh, Ash. Yeah. That's Ash. It's Ash in need of a haircut. Mm-hmm. <gasps> His eyebrows are out of control. Yeah, this is this kid. I encourage everyone to Google what he looks like because he's basically Ash. Another one of Silver's spawn. <laughs> you just keep multiplying like rabbits. I think they're getting younger, too. They are, well, that yes. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we're following the path. <laughs> yeah, like the, the guy has the kids, and then, you know, they only have a few years or whatever to grow up. So it absolutely makes sense. We started with, like, AJ, who was, like, Ash's age. He's older than Ash, I thought. Oh, is he? Oh, God, you're right. So it's like a progression, and now we're down towards the youngest of the brood. That means we're on his tail. We're right there, right there near him. We're getting close. Oh god! Of course he's, of course he's lost in Johto somewhere. Once we find some pregnant people, that's when we're, that's oh when we god. know we're there. <laughs> he has a chikorita. Remember that. Okay. He's in Johto for sure. He's actually at the Sevi Islands, but whatever. All right. Does anyone have any more thoughts? Or are we good to go for this episode? I think we talked entirely too much about the Bell Sprout episode. <laughs> this gym battle episode better be fucking worth it. I'm just saying. Isn't Faulkner like he's a lunatic? So we're gonna find out. I look forward to it. Yep, I do too. Let's go ahead and do our MVP and our LVP for this episode. Let me see here. Austin, you're first, followed by Alex, and then me. My LVP will be Zachy because he's a little shit, and I don't have an MVP. Um, my MVP will be the rocket that exploded and killed Team Rocket. Oh my god. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my quote will be, it was, I had a laugh at this point when Zaki says, we have to stop them. And Ash yelled at him, don't you think I know that, Zaki? He's been at this way longer, kid. Oh, is it my turn? Whoops. Okay. MVP, Bellsprout. Why not? It's really cute. And it tried its best to entertain Zaki. That's about as much as I can say about it. LVP, I'm going to give it to Priscilla for being one of the worst teachers ever and not properly disciplining her horrible bratty charges and just really not doing much of anything the entire episode. And then, quote, did I even write a quote down? Oh, God. I, I didn't write one. I couldn't tell you. Oh, I think I wrote one. Okay. Jacob, you can piggyback on mine if you want. So this is during the rocket launch sequence of the tower and Meowth and James and Jesse are on the rocket and they're like, Meowth says, this will be the perfect getaway. And Jesse says, this missile was our best idea ever. And James says, the space program has benefits after all. We're getting political up in here now. (laughs) (laughs) That's two back to back for James. 
Well, we had what's the some someone is the devil the last episode, so now we've got this coming. Leo Burnett. All right, my uh, my MVP goes to that beam that's in the tower. <laughs> it's sliced in half and still is holding strong. Still got a lot of integrity to it. Good for you. My LVP is going to go to Pikachu for just how much it got roughhoused this episode. I mean, it was like I don't know. It was treated like garbage, really, by these people in this town. <laughs> Uh, an easy town. We're in Violet City, baby. Oh, Violet City. Violent City. Violent City. City. Violet yeah. yeah. Is that our episode title? Yes. <laughs> yep. There we go. And then uh, I don't have a quote, so I'm just going to say we're in Violent City. I think that's funny. Maybe we should save that for the Faulkner episode. Yeah. Yeah. We might. I bet you we can come up with something good. Anyone listening to this knows what that we decided on, so you have more knowledge than we do. Speaking to our future selves. Yep, future selves. And speaking of the future, Austin, what do we have on the docket next week? You know, you'd think I know this by now. You'd think I would know I need to look up the episodes in advance. And yet, here we are. Same as always. It's like a whooper episode. Maybe that's... Okay, the Faulkner episode is called Fighting Flyer with Fire. And, oh, it's not a whooper episode. It's For Crying Out Loud, which is a Meryl episode. Ah. Uh... Oh, but what's after that? I'm pretty sure there's a Whooper coming up somewhere. Uh, Whooper will be in about 20 episodes from now. Oh, well, don't say good job to me then, because that's really bad. <laughs> I believed you, too. I was like, yeah, sure, a Whooper. Yeah, that's convinced, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, there's. I wasn't wrong, technically. There's a Whooper episode coming up. Whooper's in 19 episodes. Okay. <laughs> that was right. fun, you guys. Yep. Happy New Year to everybody, by the way. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. Again, that is outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at outofdryingpan. Again, our handle is outofdryingpan. And join us next time as this journey continues.